When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's Helipod is presented by Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Everything from Viore is made for peak performance in a workout environment, but it's styled for everyday life. Translation, it's cool gear that's easy to move around in, that's easy to do whatever you want to do. Working out, working on your computer, Peloton, hoops, traveling, whatever you need, Viore is there for you. I love this stuff. MJD loves this stuff. They have been a anchor sponsor for the Helipod since we started. And if you're not on the train, hop on board. There's plenty of room, friends. All kinds of gear to warm you up in the winter. And of course, those staples that I love, the core shorts with the built-in liner. What does that mean? Just slip on the shorts and you're ready to go. You don't need anything else. Sunday joggers, performance tees, men and women alike. And I'm going to give you 20% off today. Just go to vioriclothing.com slash helipod that's v-u-o-r-i clothing.com slash helipod for 20 percent off your first order today and with that it is time for the helipod with mjd getting you ready for the divisional round of the nfl playoffs starting right now all right brother it is good to see you again, my friend. You have been busy, as have I, but it is going to be a fun weekend uh, as the divisional round is approaching. We are down to the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. Two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. I know you've been, uh, you were kind of cranking it out for the last, uh, what, week or so. You've had a couple of days to coach a little football, but you've been, I mean, eating and sleeping and, and drinking nothing but football the last couple of weeks. Dude, Dan, I, I can't even tell you, like, Last week, I did Good Morning Football, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I went to go see my agent on Friday in D.C. because I haven't seen him. Felt good. A little refresher. You know, you got you kind of got to get back to the basics sometimes when you're traveling a little bit. <clears throat> so I caught the train down there, which is awesome. I love the train, by the way. Is that the, the first time you've done the train? It's not the first time, but I, I, I would rather travel by train. Like, if they had a train from the Bay Area to L.A., they can get me there in, like, three, four hours. I would for sure do it. It's the, it's the best thing ever. And it's such an East coast thing. And I guess the Bay area from LA is probably a six hour drive where five hour, five hour, whereas New York to DC is more of a four ish hour. Um, but it's just so you can do, you can work, you have space, you can sleep cheap, you can sleep. There's food cars you can walk into. I absolutely love Amtrak. I mean, I'm sure you know the story, Joe Biden before he was uh, vice president and then president used to take Amtrak from Delaware to DC. So when you were riding from New York to DC, one of the last two stops you made probably was in, was in Wilmington, right? Yeah. So that's, that's about an hour plus train ride from DC. He did that to and from every single day because it was so easy. Amtrak yeah. It's, you don't have to do anything. They do it all for you. It's awesome. Uh, so I wish, I wish, I'm saying it loud, I wish 
the state of California can get this Amtrak so I don't have to fly all the time, but it's neither here nor there. They're trying to do that high speed train. And then what happened? Why California has all these ideas, MJD, and then they just vaporize. they don't they're not they're, they don't have, they don't have follow through. What's wrong they, with your state? It's it's our state. They don't have follow through. <laughs> um, and that's I mean, we have great ideas, but you need follow through. You need money. You need backing um, for whatever reason. They don't have it. But I'm saying all that to say I then fly to L.A. after that mm-hmm. um, to get ready to do um, game day final Saturday night. But guess what? My boys, um, they are playing in Arizona. Their sister has a cheer tournament in Bakersfield, so my wife can't go. So guess what? I have to shoot over to Arizona to support them just for five hours. On Saturday? On Saturday. Wake up early, catch a flight southwest to Arizona, check them out for a couple hours, shoot back, watch the last game. And then I watched the other game on, on my phone. First of all, technology is amazing. You can't tell me you can't get anything done. I watched two games on my phone like that. Boom. Easy peasy, right? Wake up Saturday. Had to be at work early to watch all the games there. Did that. Then Monday, I called the Rams game. I worked Sunday night. Monday, woke up, worked out, called the Rams game Monday. Tuesday, got up early, flew up here, worked with my boys, had practice, and now I'm devising a playbook for our little seven-on-seven team. This is all football. I love it. I love it. Hey, by the way, I have to admit to you, um, when you texted and wanted to go out, I think it was Friday night, right? You just yeah. gotten in. You wanted to go grab a bite at our little place, 900 Club. And um, I told my wife I would hang out. So, like, I told her later that night, I said, MJD wanted to meet for a drink and maybe grab dinner at 900. She's like, why didn't you go? I said, because... I told you I was going to hang out with you. She goes, no, MJD, you, you should next time MJD texts you, you should make sure that you go. All he does coming on the podcast all the time. She goes, you can't leave him hanging like that. M. Oh, by the way, she said, he's not home. He's away from his family. You need to be his family. I'm like, I said, you know what? Next time MJD, that's it. That's you'll just come. Well, over I'd, I'd rather her. her come and not you, to be honest. <laughs> so but tell her that was really an invite for her to come. And we can have we does, can have my my drinking have a, partner a, a mad uh, crush on MJD. She loves her some MJD. Um, all right, let's get into let's get into these games, man. I, let's I don't, go. I, we've talked coaching and a lot of this other stuff, so I just want to start breaking down the games. We'll make our picks at the end of the pod. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say I've I've said this before. I think I said it on here as well. There were two teams that I said there was really three teams, but there's only two now that I said people didn't want to play. Right. Right. The three, it was Philadelphia, the Niners and the Bengals. And Philly just kind of didn't play their best against Tampa. That happens. They're young, first time head coach, but they had the formula, right? Running, running the ball and stopping the run and not giving a big plays on defense. That's always good in the playoffs. It just didn't work that game. But if you look at what the Niners are doing and what they did to Dallas, that is scary. It is. That, that is scary to play. That is scary. To play like they run the ball really well. They're confident defensively. They're getting to the quarterback rushing four. D'Amico Ryans has them playing really well. They got rookies out there playing well. Like, and I get it. We, we, I'm, I'm one of the guys, like, again, I'm, I'm a, <clears throat> people may say, well, why are like, you're not high on Kellen Moore? I'm not. How does CeeDee Lamb have one catch right in that game? How do you not put pressure on that secondary in that game um, by getting the ball to your playmakers? Well, going back and watching it, a lot of it was D'Amico Ryan's where they were, he was taking that away. 
right? He was forcing them to do other things. So they're they're playing a great brand of football. And then the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, there you your quarterback is not rattled, never has been rattled, right? Um, and to me, there's a lot of things that he's the way he's playing right now. It's it that's the type of quarterback play that we haven't seen in a long time, right? Where he's efficient. He he's reading coverages. He's know where he's going. He's playing fast, and guys are making plays for him. So I, I threw that out there in November. Now look where these teams are. You're a hundred percent right, and we will be uh, talking about both of those teams and uh, units and players in depth. Let's start with the 49ers uh, at the Packers. Um, that's the second game on Saturday, and the Packers are favored by six. Overrunners right at 47. It's going to be cold, man. It's supposed to be about 12 degrees at Lambeau. Um, let me throw this out to you first. Which duo would you rather have in terms of a running back duo? Would you rather have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon or Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel going into this one? It depends on your scheme and what you're trying to do. Is Debo just going to play running back or is he going to play wide receiver, right? I sure. think that's the, I think that's the, the big – that's the that's the hardest thing about defending the Niners is Debo Samuel can line up at wide receiver. He can line up at running back. He can line up in the slot. He can line up at quarterback. He can do all those things. And you have to have checks and adjustments forever he lines up, right? Which then throws off other guys to do certain things because now you're king so much on 19. That That's a problem. Um, but with that all being said, nobody wants to tackle a 250-pound running back in 12-degree weather. I don't care who it is. I don't care how tough you are. Ain't nobody want to keep hitting that for, for 60 minutes. And that, that's why that, A.J. Dillon's there. People thought they were a little crazy for spending a second-round pick on oh, A.J. No. Dillon. No, they did it. They did it for right now. We we saw it last year. They ran him. They want to run him now. He was a rookie last year. They want to run him now, Dan. You run him because, again, like he wears down. I saw him wear down the Rams defense. I've seen him wear down the Titans defense. He, he wears down defenses running the ball. All right. So you didn't answer the question. Uh, who would you rather have? I'd rather give me the Niners. Okay. You're going to go to the Niners. Let me, let me, let me read you a couple of nuggets from the Niners. Uh, Mitchell and Debo combined for 37 carries for 168 yards and two touchdowns in their uh, wild card win against Dallas. Um, Samuel, as in Debo Samuel. Averaging about seven carries per game the second half of the season, had a career-high 10 versus Dallas. And I did not realize, I had forgotten that Elijah Mitchell only played in 12 games, right, this year. So when you throw in the Dallas game, that's that's 12 total this season. He's over 1,000 yards rushing. And the last six games, Elijah Mitchell averaging 24 carries per game. So they are riding him, riding him. And now that being said, when you look at the Green Bay duo, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, the only duo in the playoffs with 1,100-plus scrimmage yards each, right? It's the only team in the playoffs with two running backs with 1,100-plus scrimmage yards each. Um, here's, here's my thing when I look at this one, MJD, and I, I, I don't I, – I did some digging because I hate when people bang on quarterbacks and it's not valid, right? Like, you were banging on Baker – it was valid. It was, it was rightful. It, it was rightful. I don't know if rightful, it was rightful criticism. I mean, it was, um, it was well-deserved basically. He did not play well and he was banged up. Jimmy G. I, 
I just I saw him kind of start buckling in that second half against Dallas. He has five interceptions in his last three games. And in the last two weeks, he's only been bailed out because the opposing quarterbacks threw just as many, right? You were there for this for the Rams game. Stafford, I think, had three in that game. Mm-hmm. And then Dak had one last week. This week it's Aaron Rodgers, and he treats the football like it's a bag full of Bitcoin, man. Nobody takes care of the ball better. So they're not going to have that luxury. I don't know. I don't know, Dan. I, th- I think we we talk about him versus other teams. You have to go back and look at him versus the Niners. Okay. The, the Niners, they take the ball away from Aaron Rodgers. They affect him. The reason they affect him is their pass rush. Now, I know Bakhtiari's coming back, but their pass rush is what affects Aaron Rodgers more than anything. He, he Aaron has a, a tendency of when he starts to feel pressure to get the ball out quicker than what he wants. And I've, I've, I've seen some clips where the Niners have taken advantage of that over the last couple of years, especially in the playoffs. Well, to your point about he actually has one of the bigger deltas in the NFL in terms of uh, completion percentage and passer rating when he's pressured versus when he's not pressured. When he's not pressured, no. he's as good as there is. When he is pressured, he becomes very, very average. But as we've seen over his career, Rodgers is a much more – uh, athletic and agile version of Tom Brady, right? In terms of him being able to get out of the pocket and just kind of have that feel, that sixth sense in the pocket mm-hmm. when the move. Um, it is it is a valid point, though, about this San Francisco defense, which has been a top five defense since week nine or 10. I mean, they've been playing just about as good as anybody. Yeah, I, again, this is, this is the thing. And I think Troy Aikman said it best when he was talking about the Cowboys. This defense, they can get after you with four. But D'Amico Ryan's calls timely pressures in certain situations. And that is what throws quarterbacks off, right? That's what gets your quarterback a little wonky. Um, and so when you look at this matchup, it's it's not Devontae Adams versus those corners. It's not that, right? It's really can this offensive line hold up against a four-man rush? Can your right tackle hold up against Nick Bosa? Right. Can, you know, uh, your your left guard hold up against Eric Armstead, right? Like, those guys are putting pressure. Arden Key's playing really well right now, right? You have to find a way to be able, as a, those five guys have to be able to protect because the, the the Packers don't like to, they don't like to block their backs. As you just said, they have, they have both their 1,100 all-purpose yards. They like to get those guys out in routes, right? So they'll go a lot of empty protection. It's going to be five on four a lot in this game. How can they hold up against it? You know, the thing that is crazy to me is when you look at the offense that they've put together in San Francisco, and I, I, I don't think we talk about it enough. Obviously, Debo is an all-pro, and yeah, he was number one in the NFL and uh, yards per catch. Um, you can make the argument that, that Ayuk has almost become their – number one receiver because Debo's used so much in the backfield, right? And then yeah. you have a top three tight end and Kittle. You have Hughes Check, who's the best receiving fullback in the NFL. And then you have my guy, Juwan Jennings, who's evolved into a legitimate number three wide receiver, right? So they have all these weapons to throw to, yet they run the ball 40 times a game. Okay, I so can't, I'm, I can't I'm wait give, to see. What's that? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you some game that I, I still don't think people – realize what the 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 um niners do so here you go you ready right. for this yeah this is tried and true for the last like six weeks 
on third and down. They, they want to get to third and four. Okay, so this is third and five and shorter, like from third and three to third and six, I would say. This is what's going to happen. Ayuk and Debo Samuel are going to run in-breaking routes. Somehow, some way, they're going to run in-breaking routes. Jennings and Kittle are going to run out-breaking routes. That's what they do on third down. Now, I don't know if the Packers see that or if they know that, but you have to figure out a way to stop that because that's all they're going to do. Ayuk is going to run that skinny post. Uh, Debo will run a short in. Maybe he'll run a slant. Kittle's always breaking out either on the corner, and then they put Jennings on the option route, and he always breaks out every time. That's what they do on third down. So if you notice, if you watch Kyle's play calling, second and 10, they're just going to try to get six yards. So he'll run the ball. Then third and four, they'll run that, that concept of however however they get to it. Those guys do those things. It was 100% true against the Cowboys. It was 100% true against the Rams. It was The week before that, it was 100% true. It was, it's like six weeks running. That's what they do on third down. So you don't, you don't see... Kyle trying to change that up. They're just going to go with their bread and butter and do what's been working. This is what's been, why, why not? You can't stop it. Right. And, and part of that is screen the screen game on third down. What is that? That's a, that's an inside breaking route from the receiver throwing a quick screen to Debo catching the ball and getting up North. Right. Interesting. What about, what about the, uh, the help that the Packers are going to be able to get on defense now? Uh, Jair Alexander is supposed to be back. Zedaria Smith is supposed to be Has back. Has he played all year? Uh, Alexander played the first three or four weeks. But that's, that's a concern for me. And, and Zedarius, I don't think, has played the entire season. But so, the, like, I think this, Zedarius is a little bit different because he's inside. Right. He's, he's on the line. Like, you're fine. Like, you, yeah, there's some things, but to not play corner for like three months, and expect to go out there and, and be able to play, you have to be able to ta- – your body's not callous to tackle and hit. I would be concerned playing them dudes, to be honest. You're about to go into a bar fight. Right. Like, like you ever see – I forget what movie it is where they were like, hey, we, we, we like you guys to leave. It was the bikers, and they didn't want to leave, and then he locked the door, and he was like, now you can't leave, and they get to fighting. You know what movie that is? I don't remember, but I remember the scene. I don't remember the name yeah. of the movie. That's what you're about to go into, right? Like, you just got to know, like, they're – they're they're coming. They're burning the boats. They're about to try to beat you up. And Sean McVay wasn't wasn't thinking that when he signed Eric Weddle after two years off. This is they're not playing the Niners. Oh, that's true. It's different. And and really, to be honest, the Cardinals aren't a physical football team. They're I mean, they run simple concepts and they try to they don't adjust. That's why once Sean they figured out what they were doing, it was over. You have to be you're gonna you're gonna play physical football. Like Debo Samuel is not a small guy. He's 215, 220 pounds running the ball. That's a big dude. That's bigger than most running backs, right? Like, so if you want Jair Alexander tackling that, okay. Right? Like, you you played well with Stokes and Douglas. I'd keep them guys out there and let them go on because they've been playing for you. Well, Rasul Douglas is one of the best bargain signings of the year. Cherry picked off that Arizona practice squad. Five interceptions, a couple of pick sixes. Uh, he's, yeah. been, he's been a great signing for Green Bay. All right, we'll come back to that game and pick it uh, in our game picks here at the end of the pod. That was the second game Saturday. Let's take a look at my Titans and your Bengals. First game on Saturday. Tennessee favored by three and a half, over under 47 and a half. And I, I look at 
anytime Tennessee plays, I obviously look at it through the the Tennessee lens, right? As you should. So I, I want to look at this initially, though, through through a Bengals lens of a of a Bengals fan or somebody in the media there, right? Burrow's playing better than Tannehill. There's there's no real comparison at this point. Um, eight touch, thirty four touchdowns, eighth most in the NFL. Tannehill, you know, twenty one touchdown passes, fourteen interceptions, and here's the crazy thing, MJD, that I did not realize. With Derrick Henry in the lineup, Tannehill throws for two hundred and fifty yards per game. Without Derrick Henry, you would think you'd have to throw more, right, to make up for the absence. Nope, just one hundred ninety two yards per game. So. Getting Derrick Henry back is going to make Tannehill obviously better because the play action works better, despite the fact that Henry only adds an extra eight or nine yards per game in terms of rushing, but it's different, right? It's just different with him in the in the backfield. Am I, am I looking at that correctly? No, you are. I, I mean, you got to think. So first of all, with Derrick Henry back there, you're seeing one coverage. Eight man in the box, right? So you're going to see cover three, two coverages, cover three or some type of man-to-man, single high safety pretty much, right? Uh, which opens up the play-action pass, which opens up a lot of things. And let's be real, the Titans don't want Tannehill to throw the ball. That's not what they're they, – they don't want that. They want him to be able to throw it a couple times a game, but they're not leaning on him to win them games. Correct. Um, and that's why over the years when you see them in the playoffs – they lose when they get down by a lot because then he has to throw and it's not as strong. So even though you have AJ Brown, who's really good, right? So to me, I think completely differently than what we talked about with the Packers saying they don't need Jair Alexander. I wouldn't play them because the defense was playing pretty good. And Zadarius Smith, the opposite is with the Tennessee Titans. Someone once I, I was watching ESPN, they're like, oh, Derrick Heron needs to be a great teammate. No, he does not. Derrick Henry needs to be Derrick Henry in order for them to win. He needs to be able to carry the ball 30 times in this game because two things, and we're going to get to the Bengals side here in a second, but they're too explosive on the other side of the ball. And I know that the, the, the Titans have a good front seven, but their back end ain't, ain't, is not competing with these three receivers they have with us. So you got to, you need to be a physical team and you need to go make plays, right? You need to be able to run downhill, score touchdowns. Derrick Henry has to go back to being Derrick Henry because that does open up the play action pass. And I need Julio to make one Julio catch in order for the Titans to win. All right. You know what a Julio catch is? Remember the Super Bowl where he caught that ball over there, uh, Malcolm Brown? Yep. That That's a Julio catch. I need one of those in order for that to win. I don't need that, you to make a bunch. That's like, they just, just Julio's a freak, right? He's like a Randy Moss-esque type of athlete. And you need, you need just one. That's all you just, need, just one. You, you just need one because they have to account for him. If they don't account for him, you know, Eli Mitchell may be on him or Eli Apple may be on him. I need that type of play from him. Right um, now, let's go to the Cincinnati side. And I want to turn the Cincinnati's lens. Mike, Mike Vrabel does a tremendous job of confusing and getting after. He's already played this offense once this year with the, with the Rams. They got after um, Matthew Stafford. A lot of good things. You know what the difference is? The Cincinnati Bengals have three wide receivers that can go. All three of them are really good, and they all do different things, right? Obviously, Jamar Chase is the number one guy. You're going to cover him one-on-one with Jack Rabbit. Okay, he'll go to work. You have to double-team him. And, and with you double-teaming him, that opens up Tyler Boyd in slot or T. Higgins. The other key is this. The, 
the thing about pressure on a quarterback that we talked about Aaron Rodgers, when you get pressure on him and what happens, that doesn't happen to Joe Burrow. He gets the ball out quick, man. He gets the ball out quick. And he goes through his reads. He knows where the ball's going. He understands the coverage. He understands a lot. And it, and it's at such a young age, your second year in the league, to be able to play like that, they, they hit, right? And so it's going to be important if the Tennessee Titans are going to win, it's going to be important for them to care, to control the ball, time of possession, and score touchdowns. If they get down, which we get the Cincinnati started hot against the Las Vegas Raiders and kind of, you know, if they can get hot. Now, the only thing about Cincinnati is when they need to run the ball, they can't, they don't, they don't run it well when they have to run it to close out games. Um, so they need to figure, figure that out. But if they get out hot and they force Tannehill, they get him out of their comfort zone. Very similar to what the Arizona Cardinals did week one to Tennessee. It's over. You, you're, you'll take Derrick Henry out of the game and, and that's how it goes. So to me, it's, it's all about who starts fast, who starts first and who starts the fastest is going to kind of determine this game. With Tennessee, the chewing the clock and running the ball and using Derrick Henry and needing Derrick Henry to be Derrick Henry makes all the sense in the world. But what you said that I took the most from was when you get down in the red zone, you have to score touchdowns. You can't kick field goals, right? Right. And I think that's going to be supremely important because, again, talking about that Bengals lens, right? You, you want to think that you can throw on this Tennessee defense. You're not going to be able to run on them very well if, if everything plays out as it has for most of the season. Um, th- they just excel against the run, and they, they bring middle pressure. Their D-line is just so good. But their pass defense has just not been as good, and I think the numbers are skewed a little bit because they were so bad early on in the season. Right. You know, their pass D is ranked 25th, but clearly they've gotten a lot better. One of the matchups I'm looking forward to – is and I'm not saying he's going to be checking him all the time, but college teammates Christian Fulton and Jamar Chase and high school teammates as well. Have you have you ever had anybody that you've known be high school teammates, college teammates, and and then face off in the NFL? So uh, it never I never faced off with someone, but Brian Callahan, the OC for the Cincinnati Bengals, was my high school quarterback. He went to UCLA with me. Or I went to UCLA after him. And then obviously he went to coach. He was coached against me. That's about as close as I've ever gotten to that, that type of deal. Um, I've played a bunch of my high school buddies, though. Right. I played with some high school buddies, played against some high school buddies, college as well. Um, but even with that being said, and I, I know like that's like cute and everything, Dan. I haven't seen a DB yet check Jamar Chase one-on-one, Jamar and Joe Burrow. I haven't seen that happen once. I mean, they have that, they have the go ball down. The, like, he knows when he sees one on one over there, he'll check to a play to get him the ball. You did yeah. that makes like, like they could be a great, no, look, we got there, they're giving me one on one on this side. We're going to go attack whoever this is. And, na- and mainly it's a go ball and it's going to be a back shoulder or it's going to be a, uh, a over the top throw. And they've, they've perfected that. And what a pick by the Cincinnati Bengals to do that. There was a lot of pressure to not pick Jamar Chase because they needed to bolster that that offensive line, right? I was one of them. I was Pene one of Sewell, them. You wanted him to take Panay Sewell. I thought uh, Panay Sewell's played lights out this year. Yeah, no, I, but uh, you're not I mean, alone. But you're not alone. But listen, I don't think they are where they are without Jamar Chase. Well, and that's been the unbelievable. I mean, 81 yeah. catches, 1,455 yards, 13 touchdowns. And he averaged 18 yards per catch. He's just, 
He's everything they hoped he would be, I think, and more. He's as, he, listen, as a rookie. This is what I told people. I it's so funny. I drafted him in fantasy and I traded him away. But I said Justin Jefferson was the third receiver on that roster when Jamar he was number two. Jamar Chase was number one when he came out. Right. We yeah. saw what Justin Jefferson did to the league his first year. I knew that this kid was going to be special. I knew it. Like it just his size, his build. It, it, all that that's tough to deal with. They, those are big, fast, explosive receivers. They're tough to deal with. Yeah. Tennessee's going to have to figure out how they can combat that. And Burrow, listen, Burrow hasn't thrown an interception. By the time the game rolls around on Sunday, he will have not thrown an interception in 48 Saturday. days. Saturday. Saturday. Thank you. Saturday. Yeah. Thank you. 48 days. He's, he's been really good. I, you know, and it's not, you don't often get, and I would throw Tom Brady in this category. I'm just talking about personality now for a quarterback, right? Right. right. A guy who has the likability and the swagger, right? That's why people love Burrow because he has the swagger, man, the cigar in the locker room, like sunglasses when he comes out. He doesn't seem like an asshole. He just yep. seems, yeah, that's a guy I, I'd like to hang out with. Can I tell you why I, when I knew he was great, when I knew he was going to be great. I knew it at this point. It was late in the year. Aaron Rodgers just torches the Baltimore Ravens and they're and the Ravens are about to play Cincinnati. And since in the, the DC wink Martindale says, you know what? Are they going to, are you going to do the same thing to Jamar chase as you did Devontae? He goes, that's not Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Over I remember there. that. Remember that? And then he, and it was, it was only one play that told me like, Oh yeah, this dude is serious. It was the last play of the game. He rolls out and he throws a strike to Joe Mixon down the sidelines. And that was him just flipping the middle finger to him saying F you in the most polite way possible, right? Like that is the difference. If you notice Tom Brady, or if you notice Aaron Rodgers, if you notice that really the great ones that we talk about, they have that, they have that in them. Aaron Rodgers is on a tear right now because people are talking about him being unvaccinated. That's all. That's the only reason he's upset right now. That has nothing to do with anything else. People are picking on him because he's unvaccinated. So he's just terror, terrorizing the league. That's all he's doing. I, that might be a valid point because he's he's kind of kissed and made up with the Packers brass. I I could fully see him staying there now. Oh no, they they I could see him. They would be crazy to let him go. Tom Brady, why is Tom Brady so crazy? Because well, he, he was drafted one ninety ninth. That was yeah. thirty years ago. But you know what? Every time he plays someone, he has that in him, right? He has it in him. Like you could have, you, you like you might not even think about this. And we're gonna get back to it. Tom Brady. I don't. I think he's older than Zach Taylor. He's older he's than. Older, I think he's older than three out of. Uh, he has to be older than Zach older Taylor. Than three coaches that are. I mean, he's older than Lafleur. He's older than and the McVay. NFC. He's older than Taylor. Yeah. He should be older than one more: Lafleur, McVeigh, and Kyle. He's older than Kyle Shanahan in the NFC that he'll go against. But he's older than Zach Taylor too, right? Incredible. And yeah. so he still has that in him, though, and that that's what I'm saying. Like that's when I knew Joe Burrow had it. Right. Because that's that's a guy that's like he didn't say anything to me. It didn't rattle him, but he remembered. And then I remember at the end of that game, uh, the uh, what's the coach uh, for the Ravens? John Harbaugh. Yeah. He goes, what was that last play all about? What are you talking about, coach? Like, what do you mean? What was that like? Like, quit talking. Quit wearing your mouth. <laughs> like, we got We got us a dude now. Like, and that's and there's going to they're going to start earning respect. Each way, each as they go. And that's what scares me. That's why I told you, I said, that scares me about the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Like, oh, you've been you've been you've been on him for a while now. Now defensively, uh, your guy Larry Ogunjobi is out. Yeah, they're be- they're beat up a little bit. Um, Trey Hendrickson has been cleared from concussion protocol, so he's going to be back. He had 14 sacks for him this year, so um, coming up as a, a great free agent signing from the Saints. The one thing, and I'll I'll leave it here um, until we pick this game. It could come down to the kickers, and the Titans have had kicker issues the last few years. Randy Bullock has one career field goal longer than 46 yards. Uh-oh. Evan McPherson for the Bengals, who, by the way, is not very good either, has seven of longer than 46 yards. So just, you know, just file that away as we, uh, as we move on to the Sunday games. Mm-hmm. It is the Rams and the Bucks kicking things off on Sunday. <laughs> Bucks favored by three over under 45 and a half couple of injury updates on this game. Leonard Fournette did practice today. We're taping this Thursday around noon Pacific time. So 3 PM Eastern, he did practice today. That's Thursday. That hamstring injury has had him out for a while. All pro right tackle Tristan Wirfs for the Bucks did not practice. He has a sprained ankle. So going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Matthew Stafford, quarterback for your Ramley. He's now one and three in the playoffs. He gets his first playoff win. So he has one playoff win in 12, 13 years. Brady has seven Super Bowls in his career. It's just every time you look at that kind of stuff, it's crazy. Yeah, that you can't, you can't, you can't compare that. The, the, I, let's, you can't I know, compare I know it's not fair. I know it's not fair, but that's just what it is. But this is the other thing we haven't talked about. You know who else got their first playoff win on Sunday, on Monday? Who? Odell Beckham Jr. He oh, got a monkey. Right. He got a monkey off his back too. Now, I'm going to break this game down for you, Dan. Just give me a second. On the Ram, this is from the Rams side. The Rams yeah. side. Yeah. Okay. Tristan Warps, huge loss if he can't play. Big time. Huge loss. They were struggling blocking the Rams in week three. Okay. When they were healthy and they were struggling then. Okay. Huge loss there. That's one. I feel like the Rams on Monday night showed that they were the actual number two seed in the NFC. They played like the two seed in the NFC. Um, Now, this is the kicker, and this is where I don't know how the Bucs would do it, but this is me breaking down the game, and I'm going to talk about it tomorrow on behind the on Between the uh, Horns podcast for the Rams. On third down, the Bucs defense, they play press man across the board. That's what they do. They play man-to-man. They don't play zone. They're, they're, they're cutting routes with their safeties. That is going to be the key because if you do that and the Rams are able to hold up on their pass stretch, which is going to be a big if. I don't, I can't say they will they won't um, because they've struggled with bigger guys. They struggle with the bull rush, as we've seen with the Tennessee Titans and uh, the, the Niners. And when they went on that losing streak, the Packers, Kenny Clark, those big D tackles and those inside guys, they push them around a little bit. Um, if they can hold up, them dudes can't cover them wide receivers. I don't care who it is. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Todd Bowles is going to be Todd Bowles. He can't be anyone else. He has to be him. That's going to be pressure and send play man behind it. Um, if they can, if the Rams can hold up, it's going to be a long day for that secondary. Right. That's, that's on that side. Defensively. I think because of the absence of Godwin, the, because of the absence of a B um, you kind of hamstrung Tom Brady a little bit to utilizing those tight ends. It works w- more in the Rams' favor because now Mike Evans is going to be locked up one-on-one with Jalen Ramsey, so you can kind of call that a wash. And it's going to be on Weddle. It's going to be on those other guys that you brought in that to communicate to stop 
OJ Howard, Cameron Braid, and obviously Gronkowski. That, those are, that's going to be the matchup. How do you cover those tight ends and who do you cover them with? Right. That to me is going to be the reason there's going to be the questions from the Rams side. If you win this game or not, if you could cover those tight ends and if you could protect enough on long enough on third down for them to get open on and all these man to man routes. Man, I love the tape study you've been doing lately. You sound a little, you sound a little smarter than normal this week. Oh, I no, don't never. mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean, I like mean, you're really, you're breaking stuff down. I, I'm dialed in, man. It's divisional round. We, we're trying to win us a ship, baby. <laughs> um, all right. With, when you look at uh, Stafford, can can he keep that turnover-free football play going? I mean, it's the first time in five games he didn't have a turnover against Arizona last week. And by the way, didn't throw a lot. That, no, that's the key. That's the Listen, I tell people this all the time. Quarterbacks have throwing pigeon counts. They have pitch counts, right? You know baseball. Sure. It translates. A pitcher may be able to throw 50 pitches before his arm gets all wonky. He's not as accurate. He's not. It's a little out of control. It's the same thing with quarterbacks. They get exposed, right? You want to limit the exposure of your quarterback, right? So you don't want him throwing the ball 50, 60 times. I think Sean McVay early in the year was like, listen, we had this quarterback. We have this arm talent. We're going to let this thing fly. But now he's starting to realize, hey, his numbers between 22 and 25 throws is where Stafford is like prime. Perfect. Right. Was it with 20, 17 to 22? No interceptions. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's what you want. Right. That means you got to run the ball. That means you have to be able to get those that line going forward, set up the play action pass. And let's not forget, they had explosive plays too, like down the field. They were throwing the ball down the field, finding ways to get their guys the ball. And so I don't, I, I mean, after seeing that Monday night game, I, that's what I'm saying, 22 to 25, everything over that has been a little bit, he's been a little wonky. Like in Baltimore, he was wonky early on. Right. And then in the second half, he threw 14 passes, he was 14 for 14. Right. They simplify some things. They let him play fast. He was on it. Hopefully that he can, you know, it's the playoff time. You don't, especially against the GOAT, you can't, you, you can't turn the ball over in this situation. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did Cam Akers look as good to you in person as he did to me on TV? Cam Akers, first and foremost, I, I, I told Sean this, and I want you to hear this too. I've been working out again. I'm back on my workout stuff, Dan, because you can't just pull Weddle out of retirement and not give your boy a call. Like, we, we've had running back issues the last three years. Like, I'm in the booth, bro. You feel me? So that I'm, I'm back running again, Dan. I'm back doing everything I need to do to get right, because this is ridiculous. So you go and get wet. Let's just slap in my face, right? So that's <laughs> your, that. Your body fat was probably 3X from when you played. Oh, and I'm about to bring it back down. Easy. By next year, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be in prime football shape. Oh, my Ready God. to go. I can't wait so, to see it. So anyways, Cam Akers, on the other hand, you, the offense looks different huh, with him. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. I'm telling he brings a different element. He brings a physicality. He finishes his runs. He's explosive. He's elusive. He's sudden. All those things affect you. And I felt like the Niners, 
He was just trying to get his feet back together. Then all of a sudden the Cardinals like, oh, here he goes. And he's just going to keep getting better. His legs are going to start getting underneath him more and more. He'll be good to go. And Sonny Michelle did a really good job. He started that game off with a big run, but it just looks different with Cam Akers back there. He just has, he just has more juice. Speaking of um, looking different, I think both of these coaching staffs are going to look different next year because the coordinators, one of them, maybe both of them, are going to get cherry-picked. How big of a deal is it that Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles and Kevin O'Connell is the offensive coordinator for the Rams, Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator. Heck, even the Rams running backs coach Thomas Brown all interviewing for head coaching positions this week as they get ready for the most important games of the season. Is, is that going to have any kind of impact? I would say no. Um, I, I Yes, yes and no. I would say no from a standpoint of mentally you should already have your your – how you want to present yourself. You've you should already went through that millions of times in your head. Right. Like I, I coach high school ball, right. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get into it. And I always tell our coach, like, if you look at the schools in Florida, if you look at the schools down South in LA, where you are, Dan, um, those coaches are always trying to get better to be a college coach. Right. And college coaches for the most part are trying to, to be NFL coaches or head coaches, whatever it may be. So you should already have your all your stuff ready to go. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you should have your PowerPoint. All that should already be in here. We, know, you shouldn't have to replay. You should probably have to go over one time. Just remember, just kind of get the feel of it and the flow of it. But you shouldn't be studying and saying, oh, this is what I'm going to do. That should be out the window. So I understand that in terms of a coach's philosophy and beliefs, but there's a difference when you go to interview for the Giants um, as opposed to I'm, I'm I'm throwing out another team. I'm blanking on who has a coaching opening right now, but Jags, Jags, Giants and Jags, right? You want to know their rosters. You know, so the rosters. They want to know like what you're going to do. So my point is that that'd take you a solid day to break down the roster. It, right? it, yes. It, yes. And no. I mean, it, but that that's where you're studying. Right. But that still doesn't, Again, they still shouldn't take away from what you're doing, if that makes sense. I, I, it, I mean, it kind of does. I just, it's just so weird to me that. So, so I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. Let me tell you how they do game plans in general. The OC has the 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 bigger picture of the game plan. This is what we want to do. This is kind of what we want to do. You have a pass game coordinator, right? So that may be the receiver coach and the quarterback coach. They work on the passing game, the running game. And the protections are with the running back and the O-line coach. And so you divvy things up to other people to do. Then when it comes back on your table, right, once they come back to you, like, hey, you X start, like, maybe I like this, maybe I don't like this. This is why I like that, right? So if you're, let's just say, for example, if you're Kevin O'Connell, right, Thomas Brown and the O-line coach, they're working on the protections in the running game, Right. Um, even though he doesn't call the plays as Sean, but still, you, does that make sense? Like yeah. it's divvied yeah. up. So it's not as if the OC is just doing everything now. Yes. He has to watch tape and yes, he has to study. And it's a little bit more on his plate and I can see it. That's why I say it's a yes and no, it could be a distraction, but at the same time, that's what great teams do. Like you, that's what makes you great, right? Because of your ability to call plays or your ability to do whatever. That's why the other teams are trying to poach you. So you got to be able to do both in this situation. And I understand where people are saying it's it's unfair, but look, I, I tell people all the time, I've never met a loser that everybody wants to be around. <laughs> well, I I guess it is the lesser of two evils, right? I I thought it was unfair 
that a team that was still alive in the playoffs, generally they had the best coaching staffs and those guys couldn't get interviewed in, until they lost. Right. So you're torn. It's this inner struggle. Like obviously you want to win. You want to go on and achieve, you know, the, the, have a Super Bowl season. Right. Uh, but from a personal perspective, you also want to be a head coach and have this personal growth. And a lot of times, you know, the, the first guy in the door may have the advantage there. So I don't it's know. All, I was, listen, it's all about, it's all about being able to um, what like manage your time, right? Time management has always been a football term since I've been in high school. How do you manage your time? That's what they teach us as players, time management, right? School football, you kind of prioritize things. Well, part of that is you have to, like I always tell people when and I remember being in OTAs, I used to, we used to watch the first three opponents once the schedule came out and OTAs and, and the coach would be like, just take notes, you know, maybe the guy's there, maybe he's not, but learn the system, understand how they're going to try to attack us, blah, blah, blah. So by the time we get to those first three games, guess what? I don't have to go back and restudy everything. I've already did most of the work in the off season. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if I'm a coach, my philosophy, how I do things, I'm only going to, if I'm like, so let's put the Minnesota Vikings on the table, for example. And I know Kevin O'Connell, all those guys are there. And if I'm an offensive guy, I'm like, look, I know you got Kirk Cousins. I know you got Justin Jefferson. I know you got Adam Thielen. I know you got Dalvin Cook. That's all I need to know about. The other guys will worry about later as we get going, if I get a second interview. But my job is going to be like, this is how I'm going to put your quarterback in position. This is how I'm going to lead your team. This is my philosophy, right? This is the, the defensive. The, you have to have a, um, for my understanding, you have to have like a couple coaches for each who you would hire, like three coaches at each position. Those guys are already in line. Does that make sense? Yeah. So all that work is already done. You just got to go over there and be articulated for two hours or however long the meeting may be. You kind of just go from there. Yeah, I know they've they've worked on throwing their staffs together during the season and talk to all their buddies and see who would be willing to come with them. So, um, well, let's move on to the Bills and Chiefs game. Chiefs favored by two. Hardest game, the hardest game in, to to even think about. This is the toughest game of the day or the the the, the, the round. Hundred percent, and it's there's. I mean, it's going to be a barn burner. The over under is fifty four and a half. So I I would it may not be. I think it probably will be, but so here's the thing: when you look at the Bills. And Josh Allen, they were they were offensively as perfect as perfect can be, right? Seven drives, seven touchdowns. They were outstanding. And when they met Kansas City in week five at Arrowhead, they, they were almost just as good. They walloped them 38-20. Uh, Allen was almost perfect in that game, 315 yards, three touchdown pass, passes, a rushing touchdown. And here's what I like about the Bills, MJD. Because it's just like we were talking about with Burrow and Brady, right? Quarterbacks playing with a chip on their shoulder. I feel like they're playing with this chip on their shoulder because they had that midseason rut where they went two and four, including a loss to Jacksonville. They said everybody jumped off their bandwagon. And since then, I they've, they've ripped off five straight, right? They figured it out. They figured out the running game. They figured a lot out, apparently. Did they, though? I think so. They played the Patriots three times. You knew you were going to beat them the last two. The first one you throw it out because it was wind. But let's go. Keep going. Okay. Um, so that's the Bills. I like I like what they're doing. But then on the flip side, you look at Kansas City, and after that three and four start, they've won 10 of 11. And the thing I like about their playoff win against Pittsburgh, MJD, because they have some young players on this team. 
is the fact that they were down early, right? They didn't right. just hang 21 on them in the first quarter and, and go on to blow them out. They blew them out in the long run, but they were down early. They're like, oh, okay, we, we, we need to play better. We, we can't do what we've been doing. And so they came back, they faced a little adversity there. And I think that has the potential to behoove them in the long run. The other thing I really like about Kansas City is, oh, by the way, Jarek McKinnon is perfect for this offense. He might be the best running back on the Kansas City roster, right? 18 touches, 120-plus scrimmage yards, a touchdown. CEH is back at practice this week. He's going to be ready to go against Buffalo. You better give Jarek McKinnon the rock. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Um, <clears throat> this is what I would say. Um, Buffalo is playing really well. And the reason I say it may not be such a high-scoring game is defensively, both defenses are playing pretty good. Like. They're, 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 you know, the Buffalo defense causing turnovers. They're stopping the run. Um, they put the Patriots in some un just horrible situations because of their play. Right. Right. Now the chiefs defense, they played the Steelers, but they did what they were supposed to do. Right. They shut them out pretty much. They made it hell for them at the end of the game. Big Ben threw a couple touchdowns. That was they did what they were supposed to do. And that's what the thing is. People are saying, oh, it's going to be high. No, both these defenses are really good. They're solid. And the key is, if you're the Chiefs defense, you have to stop the Josh Allen running game. You have to stop that. That's what makes this whole thing go. You have to have a guy that count for him everywhere he goes, right? If there's a spy, whatever. That's what hurt the Patriots in that first drive. That's what kind of blew the game open, really, to me, was his ability to run or scramble and then once he gets going, everyone gets going. You know what I mean? Yeah. On the other side, the Buffalo Bills, which works for them and doesn't work for them, is that cover two system. That cover two. What did the what did the Pittsburgh Steelers run? The same cover two. It's just cover a two, different yeah. defense, but the scheme is cover two. So they get to see that back to back. Um, I, I think this, and and this is why. Uh, a little, I think both quarterbacks are really good, but you have to kind of go down and look at all the stuff. Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill, I'll call that a wash. I think that's pretty much two really good wide receivers. Dawson Knox or Travis Kelsey, I'm going to give that to Travis Kelsey. The offensive line for the Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills, who would you give that to? Um, I pro I'll probably give it to Kansas City. Oh, so you give that to Kansas City, right? The running backs, who would you give that to? Are, are, we, are, we, are we counting Josh Allen as one of the running backs? No, we're, we're counting Devin Singletary or Jarek McKinnon or like, who would you? I mean, I, I mean, it's like four weeks ago, I would have given it to Kansas City right now. I, I kind of like the way they're running. I think Singletary has been playing well lately. So I, I might okay. I, I would might give it to Kansas the City because they have multiple guys. You have Daryl Williams, C.H. and now McKinnon. OK, I think Buffalo is strictly Singletary as of right now. Yeah, Zach Moss um, has kind of been out of the mix. Yeah, he's he hasn't been what they 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 I guess what they planned for him to be. Brita had a cup of coffee, but you're right, yeah. it's been Singletary. I I I take it back. I would go Kansas City. Okay, and so and so when you look at those things, right? We can go to the defensive line. I'd give that to the Buffalo Bills. Um linebacker, I'd probably give it to the Bills. Secondary, I don't know who I would give it to in that situation. Maybe the Bills, I don't know. But to me, mm. it's more Kansas City, and then they're playing at home. And it's always tough. I tell people this all the time. It is always tough to go on the road in the playoffs. Like, 
to like some people like, oh, we're road warriors. No, don't give me that. I don't want to hear that. It is always hard to go on the road in the playoffs. Always. One, because you got to get on a plane. You you don't get to just like be and go home. Like it's just your, your routine's different. It just it just doesn't feel right, if that makes sense. And as good as both teams are playing right now, and I'm gonna tell you this, because I obviously I have I'm I'm I the enemy didn't tell me this, but I understand the uh Chiefs. They did what they did to Pittsburgh because they saw what Buffalo did to New England. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they knew they had to make a statement in that game because they saw what the, the Patriots or what the Bills did to the Patriots. They made a statement right now. Let's say if the Bills, let's say if the Chiefs would have won by like they scored 28 and they won 28, 17 or 28, seven. You'd be like, oh, the Bills. No, that's why they scored 40. You know what I'm saying? Like they were like, look, we about to make sure that, you know, we can score points, too. So. Um, I think this is going to be the toughest matchup of the game because they're so evenly matched, right? They have opportunistic defenses. They have playmakers on both sides of the ball. Both quarterbacks are really good, strong arms, all those things. What is it going to come down to? Like it always does. One, can Patrick Mahomes play within the system, which means, you know, we always, I think we talked about this, Dan, like all that scrambling and all that stuff everyone likes. I don't like it. Right. But can he can he stay in the pocket and throw those balls like he did at Tyreek Hill? That's what's going to work for the Chiefs if you could play within the system. And Josh Allen is going to be his ability to scramble when everything breaks down and run the ball. And that's going to be his his my my key for him and them to win is it's all on Josh Allen. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then come back with our picks for the divisional round. As avid sports fans, you know the importance of a good playbook, and that's why the experts at Baco and Morgan Franklin Consulting created the Trends and Transformation Survey Report. Based on feedback from over 160 business leaders across all industries, this ebook will quickly become your guide on how to thrive in the year ahead. It features insight into how today's leaders are approaching business transformation in 2022, including their most concerning barriers and challenges and the way they're adjusting their transformation strategies. Everything you as a business leader need to know about the current outlook on business transformation, like the talent shortage, implementing new technology solutions, and improving digital capabilities is right here in this guide. And it's free. Let Vago and Morgan Franklin Consulting coach you up with our Trends and Transformation ebook. Head over to vaco.com, that's V-A-C-O.com slash helipod, and download your free copy today. Greens Plus is a leader since 1989, known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to infuse that powder into a bar. Greens Plus bars and powders taste great, and they're the most effective way to improve your immunity, detox your body, boost your energy, and get that nutritional insurance that your body needs from organic, gluten-free, premium green superfoods available at Whole Foods, Amazon, or greensplus.com with free shipping. I'm all in on the natural energy bars. Love the wild superfood powder. That wild berry superfood powder, pretty pretty good stuff. And we're giving you 20% off with the promo code HELI. 20% off with the promo code HELI. And with that, we are back. All right, MJD, let's make some picks. Um, last week, you were good. You were really good. Uh, the only one was that kind of reach. I think we both took the Eagles over the Bucks. Yeah. Um, you were five and one. 
uh, I was four and two. I also picked Dallas over San Francisco primarily because I felt like so many people were on San Francisco. I knew they were the better team, uh, but I thought Dallas was going to pull it out at home. They all almost right, did. They, they did almost. They did almost. Um, all right. Tennessee, Cincinnati. I'll go first. I'm going with my Titans. Uh, I think getting Derrick Henry back is not only going to make the running game better, it's going to make Tannehill better. They're the favorites at home by three and a half. The defense, it has been so good against the run. I think they're going to be able to pressure Burrow. I think Burrow throws a pick or two in this one. It's been a long time. I mentioned 48 days by the time Saturday rolls around since Burrow's throwing an interception. I think we're going to see one or two in Nashville. And the Titans advance to the AFC Championship game. Not going to cover, but they're going to win. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals in this one, Dan. Woo! And I've I've been back and forth on all these games. Sometimes I pick the Titans. Um, but, I, you know, after just thinking about it, it comes down to the quarterback play, right? And you can't hide your quarterback in the playoffs. You can't do that. Um, I feel like Cincinnati's defense is playing really well right now. I know they haven't seen an A.J. Brown, and A.J. Brown's a monster. Uh, I know they haven't seen a Derrick Henry, and he's a monster. But I think, you know, not playing him in that Week 18 game is going to come to bite them in the butt, right? We saw Cam Akers in Week 18, then we saw him in the wild card round, right? Look different. I think you're going to see a little rust trying to come off of Derrick Henry there. And I just believe in Joe Burrow, man. I believe in the Cincinnati Bengals, um, and I believe in Joe Burrow. Fair enough. Uh, Game two on Saturday is going to be the 49ers at the Packers and I'm labeling them your 49ers because you have been on them literally for the past, but I don't like them though. I don't like, that's me. I hope people understand that, that I'm a Raiders fan. I grew up in the Bay area. I'm an East Bay guy. I grew up a Raiders fan. So this love for the Packers is not love. It's just me being a true analyst and just giving you straight facts. That's fair. Okay. And that's what you've been doing this whole, uh, this whole year on the helipod with MJD. You know the 49ers have the most efficient passing offense in the NFL in terms of net yards per attempt, but because yeah. they don't trust Jimmy G, they've only they're 29th in pass attempts, right? That's they're running the ball like crazy and they're doing a good job running the ball. Here's the thing. I don't think in Lambeau going up against Aaron Rodgers uh, with an offense that has AJ Dillon that's just going to be able to it's I think Green Bay is going to be able to do what San Francisco has done to everybody right back to them with A.J. Dillon. That's what he allows them to do. So you're taking the Packers. I, I, my friend, am taking the Packers. Look, I'm going to be the contrarian here. Uh, I've taken the Packers on NFL, um, on their pick-ems. I I think the Packers are good. I always go with the quarterback. Um, I just think, Kyle, if you look at this, you know, they did this thing for your football team, which is so funny. I wanted to send, I should have sent it to you where you had McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and Matt LaFleur all in the same building. Oh, I remember. You chose Jay Gruden. I was there. <laughs> yeah. So funny. But it was, it was Mike Shanahan that hired all those guys. I know. And then Gruden held on to Sean. Yeah. And it's a pretty, it was a pretty incredible staff. They talk about coaching trees. Shanahan sure as hell knew how to pick them. Oh, he, he understands. He He's okay with the innovative guys. This is what I say. I'm going to take the Niners because I told one of my friends, week 18, after the Niners beat the Rams, that they're going to go back and face the Rams in the NFC Championship game in SoFi Stadium, which the NFL doesn't want because they want to have more 
than two weeks to prepare for the Super Bowl, but that's all the NFL is going to get because the Niners are going to go up there. They're going to run the ball and they're going to play keep away and their defense is good enough to hold Aaron Rodgers. Uh, now, I picked the Packers and other ones, but on this one, I want to pick the Niners. Okay, so as we move to Sunday with the Rams and the Bucks, You already Bucks, know where I'm going. Bucks favored by three, right? So you've already but said I'm a, But taking... let me tell you. Let me tell you why. Okay. The last couple of times Tom Brady has played the Rams, that's including the Super Bowl in New England. That's including with the Bucks twice. They've lost. He didn't play. He won the Super Bowl, but he didn't play well. And he did. They lost with the Bucks twice. That doesn't by any chance. It's not by chance that Tom Brady just doesn't play well against the Los Angeles Rams. Like they, they, they have a way to get after him. They find a way to get after him. They did it last year. Remember right before they made that crazy run into the playoffs, they lost to the Rams in Tampa this year. They went to SoFi stadium, lost to the Rams. It ain't by chance. Okay. I'm just putting it out there. And I picked the Rams everywhere. I just believe that the Rams just have what it takes to beat this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. And it may be because, you know, they, they went against Bruce Arians before when he was in Arizona, they understand his offense and the defense and how to attack. They played this system before, right? People fail to realize that Sean McVay has been a win against Bruce Arians for like two years. I think when he first got the job or maybe a year, it might've been a year or two be left. It might, it was two years. Todd Bowles, they were all there together. Okay. He knows this system. He knows these guys. That's why I like it. And that's wow. your nugget. That's, that's delicious. And uh, unfortunately, I'm taking Tampa Bay. I feel like with a healthy Leonard Fournette, um, they'll be able to pound the rock a little bit more than they have been. And it, it will be, if the Bucks get back to the Super Bowl, it's a modern day miracle to be able to do it without two of their top three receivers and some of the injuries that they've been dealing with. Uh, because they, outside of Mike Evans, there's not a name brand in that receiving core right now. Uh, and you talked about it earlier, the tight ends. It's going to be a big, uh, it's going to be a big factor in that game, in terms of what those Tampa Bay tight ends can do against that Rams defense. All right, so we are uh, three games in, one game to go, and we have not agreed on a single game. I do have a feeling we're going to agree on our last pick here: Bills and Chiefs. Chiefs favored by two, and. Uh, I'll just tell you right now, I'm going Kansas City, and I'll tell you why. Because Josh Allen worries me a little bit. He has 26 turnover-worthy plays, according to Pro Football Focus. That's tied with Trevor Lawrence for third most in the NFL. And I feel like if Kansas City gets up early, he's going to be pressing, he's going to force some throws, and he's going to make some turnovers that are going to cost the Bills. Like I said, this is the hardest game to call, man. I, I haven't picked. I don't I I think I picked the Chiefs just because they were home. That was really it. Uh, I think the Chiefs always start slow. If they start slow and the Bills start fast, the Bills can win this one. But I don't think if the Chiefs, I, and I say I think the Bills can win this one. If the Chiefs start fast, oh, it's over. And that's going to be that. And that's why I took the Chiefs. They have enough firepower to come back and win if they're down. I don't think the Bills have that same firepower if they're down to come back on the Chiefs. So uh, I'm taking the Chiefs in this one as well. We agreed. We agreed on one. Buddy. You already knew. You knew who I was. I live and die with Kansas City, though. You yeah, know that. No, I know. I know. Um, that was fun. A little bit different than our normal podcast format. Uh, have a great weekend. I will hit you up over the weekend. And um, 
Do you have any do you have any seven on seven games yet? Or are you guys just practicing? No, we, we played a tournament in Arizona. They have a tournament here in the Bay Area. Our, our eighth grade team is playing in the high school tournament here in the Bay Area. I won't be there. I go to Tampa on Saturday. So uh, I just got to get my mind right, man. You know, mine got to get right, man. We got a we got a big one. Who do you sit with on the team plane when you fly out there? I don't fly on the team plane. Why do you not fly on the team plane? COVID. Oh, has that changed that? So I, I fly by myself. So I'm flying from up north to Tampa. Okay. All right. Are it's you a talker? Are you a talker on plans? You just put your, your headphones on and just. Like, I watch movies depending yeah. on. I watch movies and I sleep. I normally try to catch red eyes, but I, I figured I haven't had a good night's sleep in a while. So it's like. I need to sleep a little bit, so I'm gonna fly Saturday morning instead of Friday night. Yeah, red eyes, are, red eyes are killers. We'll have a good call, man. I, 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 t- I text you. I got to listen. It was a rare opportunity to listen to some of your call, uh, and you sounded good with old JB Long. So, uh, I appreciate that, it, man. That was fun, buddy. Have another good one, and I'll holler at you soon. All right, see you later, bro. See you, man.